Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining me today. It's huge pleasure for me to have to talk to you. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited. Fantastic. Nick, can you give us a short intro to yourself so we know who you are and then I will do the further intro why we're here. Okay, perfect. I'm uh, Nick Capozzi, the head of storytelling at Demostack. We're a, uh, a tech startup here uh, between Israel and the United States. And uh, yeah, what uh, I do a lot of content for Demostack as well as attend a lot of events and webinars. And, and you and I got to meet actually for the first time at Saster, which was a lot of fun. Exactly. And that's why we're here as well. So the fun story is that we have been introduced by Nicholas Dickett back before I was going to Saster. He said, do you know Nick Capozzi? I said, no. I said, oh, I think this is going to be uh, the next gem that you have never met before, but you're going to love it. And it was right because Nick, your content is crazy. I, I met you before the event. I met mm -hmm. you during the event. I saw you executing it and I saw what was happening afterwards. I think a lot of companies can learn about preparation, execution, how you do it. So I'm so grateful to have met you. Yeah, same. I mean, uh, this was great. It's great. It's great. So, Nick, how many events so far have you been this year? Like physical oh, events? Wow. I would say. Are we talking like parties too, like small, like uh, small events, like happy hours and stuff? Because no, no, okay, uh, big events. I would say I've been to probably eight. That's off the top of my head, and then these smaller events, probably another dozen. So I've been to about twenty events in the last eight months. Wow, that's a lot. Because I've been at one. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's what but, I met you. But you know why? Because and and I'm sure we'll talk about this. But it's not just creating awareness for brand. It's actually activating it. Right? How do you actually activate when your boots on the ground at these events? And I think that's the part that a lot of companies and a lot of people when they're talking about the strategy of how to approach events, they miss. That's one thing. The other is you know. I think we have to need to look at it from a holistic go to market point of view, because how does marketing work with sales at these events so that everyone's working in the same direction and you can maximize the opportunity for the entire company. Fantastic. Let's structure it a little bit. Like let's start on how you start preparation for events. How do you choose where to go and how do you plan everything? So that's a great question. And I think that was one of the things we were trying to figure out at Demostack this year. We're a new marketing team. So what should we actually be at? What should we invest at? Where's the options and opportunities? So I think from our point of view this year, what we were trying to do was get to as many events as possible, see what's out there, experiment with a few things. We threw a party at Dreamforce, for example. We threw a cruise, which was a lot of fun. But just understanding what's out there. And I think what's really interesting, Laura, is that I asked a lot of people, like, what are the events you got to go to? And, and you got the standard ones, but I think there's a lot of events that people don't realize that are out there that are opportunities that are, that are missed. So I, I think just having the first step would be understanding what's out there and what your options and opportunities are. So interesting. Yeah, because we all know like, oh, Sastra, okay, Dreamforce or Inbound, okay, on everybody's list. 
But what kind of opportunities are you missing out if you're not looking into the smaller ones? I think you hit it. I think it is the smaller ones. So for example, we do a lot of work with the pre-sales collective and they had a lot of smaller events, a lot of these kind of happy hours for pre-sales people. So sales engineers. um, And that was, you know, you have the the big grandiose opportunities where everyone is at Sastra and you have people from all these departments. But if you can get into some of these niche micro events that has your ICP, the actual target you're looking at, I think is, is realistically the first place to start. And then are you trying to get in front of the masses or are you trying to get in front of the leadership of your ICP? And I think that's the next thing you want to distill down. Am I better off going to, you know, a leadership dinner that maybe pre-sales collective is putting on? Or am I better going to a cocktail party where I'll be able to talk and engage and activate with 100 sales engineers? So I think those are some of the things that we looked at uh, and we're still kind of digesting everything that we learned so far this year. That must be a lot of learning, I would guess, because the yeah, events had was. just started. It's like, where do we go next and everything? But okay, so walk me through a little bit. How do you prepare for events? So now you've chosen the events you want to go to. Yep. So how do you prepare for them? So I think the first thing, again, is really understanding your ICP. And now that I've, I was in sales my whole career, but now that I'm in marketing, okay, so we're going to go to this event. Here's how we're going to create awareness about the event. So the next thing I'm going to do is let's talk to sales and how are we going to deploy our assets on the field? So how are we actually going to mobilize our team so that we're able to take advantage? And one is going to be going through, you know, targeted accounts that we want to get in front of. What does that look like? How do we get in front of them? How do we create the awareness so that it becomes, you know, a very tight knit, opportunity that you're actually taking advantage of Mm -hmm. all right and so to get in front of your icps now let's talk Mm -hmm. about demo stack like what are the exact things that you're thinking that okay our icps definitely get hooked on well you do a lot of videos so that that must be one of the things so how do you plan those pieces of content to be executed at events So I think what's interesting, and this is something I do with every piece of content, is I'm always trying to create actionable insight. So, and what I mean by that is someone told me this when I first started, they said, look, you can go and talk and try and be a subject matter expert, but if you actually have actionable insight, so something where someone can press stop on the video and go and deploy that tactic, I think is one of the key things that we're always looking for. So we talk about bringing value real value to me is something that someone can take and use in their regular sales cadence, whatever type of selling they're doing. Absolutely. And that really resonates as well back to like LinkedIn and stuff that people are talking about. It's like, oh, as long as you're bringing value to people, people will come back with the demand over to you. And it's as long as you're bringing value to people with the content that you create at the events, well, that's going to be helpful for them too. Especially for people who are not there. We talk about value all the time, right? But what does that actually look like? Is the value, here's a case study. I don't Uh know if that's necessarily value. I think that might be more about awareness. But if it's a, hey, when you're struggling with your demo because of X, try doing Y and you'll have more success for A, B, and C reasons. So that's typically how I'm going to frame out what we're trying to do. The other thing too is that, you know, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I see a lot of posts go out. What are the questions? Again, we focus on sales engineers and sales engineering leadership. What are the questions that they're asking, right? Uh Because a lot of times, so Laura puts a post up and there's an actionable insight in there, but then there's follow-up questions. So Uh are those getting answered necessarily? 
And if not, or even if they are, I would take those as a subsequent piece of content that I could create, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, it does break it down to like smaller pieces as well, right? Absolutely. Very cool. There, we've got a question. I think it's relevant to what just we spoke just before. So big events, everybody knows about them. Micro events, how do you figure out? The world is large. How do you find them? Yeah, it is. So Jeffren, I'll put it back to you if you're still online. Who's your ICP? So if Jeffren, uh, so Jeffren has a question, Jeffren, if you said, Hey, look, my ICP is a sales engineer. Um, I'm going to look at, um, you know, first place I would start is where do your people live? Are they in a community? So if I was looking to get in front of account executives, for example, I would be in the Thursday night sales community, which by the way, I, I've been in sales my whole life. I learn something every time I go to Thursday night sales, Scott Volus, uh, sorry, Amy Volus and Scott Lees. So that's a community I would get in front of because that's where my people live. So if I'm looking for sales engineers, they're going to live in pre-sales collectives. So that's the first thing I would look at mm -hmm. is kind of the big communities. If you want to get even more distilled down, I would start looking at Patreon groups. So for example, I'll reference Scott Lease again. Scott has an amazing Patreon group called Scotty's Little Sales Club. I pay $10 a month to be part of that Patreon. Every week there's a live event. And some days, especially in the summer, there might be 10 or 15 people there. Some days there's 50 or 100, but sometimes it's a really small group. So if I want to get in front of really key people, what are those opportunities? And I think that works from a content perspective, but it also works from a social selling perspective. So if I'm an AE trying to get in front of the right people, where do they live? And I think, you know, to Jeffrey's question, that's where I would, that's what I would approach. So Jeffrey, if you follow up and let me know like who your ICP is, I'd love to try and give you some feedback on where I would be looking specifically. Very right, cool. Thank you for that. And just say a quick, uh, quick hi to yeah. Nick Bennett here, who's in the yes. comments. So you know, Nick, a big hat tip if you want to talk about people who are creating great content and actionable insight. Nick Bennett does a great job when it comes to field marketing and kind of events in general of um, creating pieces that are valuable. So whenever Nick has something that comes up through my feed, I'm always stopping. Even though Nick and I work in similar spaces, I want to know what Nick's talking about. I, maybe Nick had a conversation yesterday with someone that, that's really relevant to something I'm trying to do. So anyway, Nick, that just saying hey. This is so fantastic. You are dropping so many names that people should definitely be following throughout the whole LinkedIn because then you will figure out how people, the successful people are doing it. Just like Nick, just like you, Nick, just yeah. like the third Nick that has introduced us. So it's there are more names like Scott's and Amy's, but this is a beautiful community of people who are sharing a lot of knowledge on LinkedIn as well. But these are the people you should be following. If you're an AE and you're just trying to figure out like who to follow, you know, it's the leaders of a lot of these communities and groups are usually a lot of the people that are putting a lot of content out there, which is why they've kind of developed this groundswell of community behind them. For sure, for sure. And then to get into those, the smaller events that would be relevant to, to join the people. But okay, let's take it back to the events and how you create content while you're the event. So now you have planned out what mm -hmm. is it that your people are in need for and what kind of content is valuable. So how do you work at events to get the best out of the event really? So I think we already covered, you know, the strategy. So how are you going to create awareness and get in, get in front of people? And maybe just to drill down a little bit, maybe that's, uh, you know, creating content in advance of the event of some of the things that you're going to be looking for or you're going to be aware of. 
the second is, you know, going through your network of people and Nick Thicket was kind enough to introduce you and I, Laura. So I'm going and I'm talking to people who I know who are going to Saster because again, that's where we met. So I'm talking to Nick Thicket. I'm talking to Arthur Castillo from Chili Piper. I'm talking to all these people that I want to get five minutes with. And I think what's interesting also, if you're doing a lot of events, uh, I think at one point, Arthur Castillo and I from Chili Piper, who's the head of evangelism over there, Arthur and I had been to five of the same events in like eight months. So I was, I was seeing Arthur and hanging out with Arthur more than I was kind of some of my friends here in Phoenix. So who are you trying to get in front of? How are you going to get in front of them? Activating your personal network, right? And I was there trying to get content. So I'm activating the network to say, hey, let's chop up some content together. But also, let's just have a sidebar conversation. Maybe I can better, you know, a, a friend of mine said to me recently, said, Nick, you know, I'm not sure what DemoStack does exactly. I said, well, let's meet up at Saster and I'll tell you exactly what DemoStack does. So that's kind of where I'm going before. Then when I'm on the ground, I'm in all my dark social channels. So I'm in my WhatsApp groups. I'm in my LinkedIn groups. And I'm reaching out to people. Hey, when can we meet? Let's get together. And then one of the magic pieces for me, if you're creating content at these events, is just walk around with a tripod because uh -huh. there's maybe one in 500 people there's walking around with a tripod and that's maybe generous. So that's going to draw attention. And then when you pop that up and you've got interviews going, people slow down and actually stop and, st and sometimes will actually, you know, pile up and I'll see someone, I'm like, oh, there's the CEO of so-and-so and I'll stop my conversation and I'll say, hey, hold on, don't go anywhere because I want to interview you next. And I think the reality is, is, People want to be interviewed. People want, you know, it's, it's a nice pat on the back, but it's also exposure. And I think that there's something, and this is a really key thing I'm going to say right now, is there's social equity that we trade with each other, you know, without getting into like trying to, you know, work around the algorithms for a lot of these social medias. The reality is, is that if I'm doing a video with you, Laura, and then I'm tagging you in that post and you're aware that that tag is coming, you can interact with it early and there you're going to get, therefore you're going to get more inertia for that actual post. I think this is perfect. And I can even like physically see in front of myself when you were interviewing Will Aitken and like people, we're stopping at Sasser, they're passing by and can see, well, Nick, well, I can see where you're from. I can see the cap. So nice. <laughs> people have seen it. Will Aitken as well. And it's like, okay, a small show is going on. What is going on? They know about the brand. Then they will also be looking after that LinkedIn post from you too, because they know, yeah, and you've got the, the tripod and the, the full shooting going. This is really and then let's double down on that. So at one point, I'm walking around the event with Will Aitken, with Travis Tyler from PandaDoc, with a couple other people. And what happens is, is that now it's like you almost have – you know, you're all part of the same entourage. So people are like, who oh, is that Will Aiken? And then they're like, well, I know you too. Who are you? You're that guy. You're that, that not funny guy. Will's the funny guy. You're the not funny guy. <laughs> um, but, but there is something to that social clout, you know? Yeah. Another time, I mean, you want social clout. I was walking around Saster with Christine Rogers from Aspireship, Amy Volus, and Morgan J. Ingram. Everybody was stopping to talk to us, mm -hmm. right? So now the CEO of this company that maybe I can't get time with because I'm part of this group, I stand up the tripod and I'm like, let me get two minutes with you as we're here, right? This is perfect. And the momentum that is built out out there. So you prepare, you shoot at the event, but also use the momentum of whatever is happening, the magic at the events as well. And for that, while you are at the event, okay, you have planned out your what you want to post. You are in the social circles because you plan who you want to meet as well. Yep. And 
Is there anything else that people have to be aware of while they are at the event physically that will help them to create better content and get the best use of the event? Find out where people are going. So one of the mm -hmm. things, and this was great, and I want to give a, a full credit here to the Lavender team. So uh, Will Allred and Will Balance and Dorothy and Josh and everyone, they threw to the best part. They didn't have a booth at Saster. You want a booth at Saster. If you want to be with the cool kids, you want a booth at Saster, but they didn't have a booth. Mm -hmm. So what did they do? They had a party. They had a QR code, and they went around dressed as wizards because it's on brand for what they do at Lavender. Uh, it's lavender.ai, by the way, if you need help with your, your email writing. And um, suddenly it became the biggest party that you could go to was the Lavender Party. Or, of course, the Chili Piper parties. If you're looking for where everyone's going to be in an event, it's the Chili Piper parties. But I was really cool with how, it was really cool for me how scrappy the Lavender team was. So had I been going to another party, now I'm pivoting because everyone's going to Lavender. Yeah. So if everyone's going to this Lavender event, who can I get in front of there? Right. And that's something to consider. So being fluid in your schedule, seeing where the crowd is going, you know, literally like I smell it in the wind, where, where, the, where the crowd is moving to. Right. Where is the herd going? So understanding where people are going to be. And then I think another thing that people didn't realize, I saw some people slowly dripping out content like over weeks. And that's great, too. But that, that event is hot right now. People are having FOMO right now. So I would shoot a video, I would try and edit it, try and upload it on this terrible Wi-Fi that wasn't very good outside, but could I be relevant in that moment? Mm -hmm. So people know that I'm not at Saster, but my you know C-suite is at Saster, so it's in my LinkedIn feed. Oh, here's Nick interviewing someone. Oh, here's another video of Nick interviewing someone. So I think striking while the iron's hot and getting that content out as quickly as possible is really critical to being literally in that moment and creating inertia and push literally live in the field. Very cool. Yeah, and, and the FOMO is real because everybody's yes. speaking about it. And then do you try to think of any different content than everybody else? Because you feel like you are a part of that bubble. And do you want to stand out or does it matter at all? Just post something. I think what's interesting, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. I think what a lot of us do is a little bit different. Like what Will Aiken does is different than what I do, which is different than what Travis from PandaDoc does. Uh, which is different than Will Allred, who Will, all he talks about is email. And, and I love it because it's like great data. And if you look a couple of years ago at how Gong got so much traction was they took all this internal data they had and were putting it out there. So Will really capitalizes on that. Whereas I, you know, I was a trained broadcaster. So for me, I more want to interview people. I want to be the person who's asking the questions, who's finding out what's happening in the go-to-market space what people are talking about, what's going on. So I'm, some people are more trying to highlight and shine the light on their product, which is great. And that's, it's no criticism. It's, it's a great thing to do. What I'm trying to do is just create more awareness of what other people are doing. And I mm -hmm. think for me, what that does is it creates a groundswell of people kind of pulling in because now we're doing this great weekly show called Go to Market This Week. Get it wherever you get your podcast, even though it's not a podcast, it's a show. What, but what's the name of the show again, Nick? Go to Market This Week. So I think, you know, for me, it's, it's more about just creating awareness and general conversation. We just want to be, you know, talking about interesting things to interesting people, where again, other people have a more targeted thing that they're trying to do. So I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I think the key thing is just be yourself. Will Taylor from uh, Partner Hacker did a great job. He was wearing these 
crazy outfits and you knew exactly where Will was because he was wearing these crazy outfits. <laughs> so I think everyone, everyone really kind of has their own distinct style. And I think that's cool. And I think leaning into who you are is going to be more authentic and more genuine. Agree. Absolutely. And kind of you feel that everybody's posting from there mm-hmm. because you are in the bubble, but you are you. And if you continue doing what you used to do, bringing value to your prospects, well, you will continue doing that just from the location that everybody wants to be at. And that Correct. would mean that you're exposing them with both how you do it because they follow you for that, but also for who you're meeting and so on. I love this. And, and I think what is also interesting, just from an inbound perspective, like we're always thinking inbound for actually turning something into a customer. But I think what was also interesting from my point of view was because I went to so many events and almost became known as a guy who's like at all these events, a lot of marketers would reach out to me and ask me about the event specifically. So I'm like, yeah, happy to give you some time, but can I give you a demo? Right? Can we uh-huh. give you a demo at the same time? Let me tell you about demo stack. Let me yeah. tell you how it clones the front end of your product without touching your back end data so you can spin up a custom demo environment in minutes. There you go. If anybody wants to spin a demo environment in, in minutes, you can see it on the cap where you have to go. Demo stack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever's on LinkedIn Live, but when it becomes a podcast and remembers demo stack. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, if I may, Laura, sorry, Jeffrey got back and said he's looking to reach out to customer support or experience. Oh. So Jeffrey, what I'm going to success, uh, su- suggest to you, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I do, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. I do know of a customer support community, but if I was selling, for example, to RevOps, I'd be in Wizard of Ops. If I'm selling to sales leaders, I'm in Pavilion. If I'm looking to get in front of AEs, and people of clout, I'm in Thursday night sales. So just to kind of circle back on that, but Jeff, and if you reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'll get you that answer. Very cool. Thank you for that, Nick. You are so helpful and you're dropping all those names around you. It is so pleasant to be with you in the conversation. It's amazing. Well, but it goes back to what I said earlier of social equity, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is what we're doing is we're all trying to create awareness. So who become your allies as you create awareness, right? And I think another thing too, is that, you know, I go into, we think that like, let's use LinkedIn as an example, is just, you know, overrun with people creating content. What percentage of people on LinkedIn in our space are actually creating content? Maybe 1%. Mm-hmm. Right, maybe. And then of that 1%, how many are using video? This is the big opportunity missed is using video. Maybe 1% of that 1% is using video regularly. So that's the opportunity to stand out, create awareness, get in front of the right groups. And I think social selling, the more sales leaders I talk to today, you know, in our current economy, they're like, how do I, phone calls aren't working. My BDRs are making phone calls, but they're not landing meetings. Great, create content and you'll pull people as opposed to pushing and dialing all day. You still want to do that. But if you supplement with a pull strategy where you're creating, you know, social equity and getting people interested in what you're talking about, um, I think if you do those two things hand in hand, it's very effective. I agree. Absolutely. And one thing that stood out when we spoke about content that you create at events was you mentioning, well, I only do video, but Nick, wait, videos don't perform that well. And what Nick says back to me, he says, well, my videos do perform well because I've got my niche. Tell me more about that, about your niche. So let's, let's drill down on that because I want to, I want to make sure I explain that to you correctly. So I, there's no question I get less views because via the algorithm, and I'll fight anyone on this, video just doesn't get the same reach as a text-based post. Yeah. However, I'm probably getting 10 times the engagement off of video. So if I get 
let's say 10,000 impressions on a text-based post to get 100 likes. I only need 1,000 impressions on a video-based post to get 100 likes. But the benefit of that is that one, with the video, it's more engaging. So I feel that my audience is actually more robust and more engaged because they, A, they feel they know me. And two, they feel that, you know, okay, this is going to be interesting. Hopefully have some actionable insights and maybe be a, a little bit entertaining. It is. A little, little tiny. Yes, yes. You're also very good at asking questions. So it is always entertaining and people feel good when chatting with you on your videos. But that's the problem is that even when we're asking, we're trying to like most people who are, are interviewing and trying to ask people something, they're, they're trying to get them to, to coax out a specific answer. Whereas <laughs> I just want to know like what they really think. Right. Fair and then enough. how do you take that there? This is the most important mistake people make when they're trying to interview. They, they don't take the answer and then follow up properly. What they'll do is they'll go right to the next question and you're missing what I think is the really interesting part. And I think if you want to become a really great interviewer, uh, back in the day, there was a, a great guy on CNN named Larry King, Larry King Live, oh. if that rings a bell. Any of Larry King's books are fantastic for creating influence and how to ask people great questions. Fantastic. I, I need to look that up to learn to ask better questions for sure, Nick. Very cool. Nick, we have a couple of minutes left. If yep. anybody has some questions, please shoot them here in the chat. But to finish this off as well, so event is done. You have shot your co content. Some of it mm -hmm. went live. How far after the event do you reuse the content and how do you plan it? So I think for, you know, I think you have a sweet spot of about two weeks. Again, you want to do it really in the moment. But for example, in September, I went from one event to another to another over three weeks. So for me, how do I do content at, you know, Dreamforce? Or sorry, how do I, how do I post Saster content when now I'm posting Dreamforce yeah. content? So you can do that. But also, I think you have this sweet spot of about two weeks. But once you get like a month out... Then you can start going and now it's not as relevant to today, but maybe there's those great insights. And I think if you're going to make a lot of content, really how you, how you have it filtered internally. So what are you tagging internally? So I talked to Laura and I asked this question, which now isn't relevant to Sastra anymore, but maybe is relevant to, I read a post by Nick Bennett and actually brought me up to this question. I asked Laura two months ago at Sastra. So repurposing content, I think has a lot of value as well. Amazing. Cool. And what is the next event you're going to, Nick? I'm actually taking a break. I've been on the road for two and a half of the last five months. Oh my God. Uh, I'm still jet lagged from Portugal from Web, Web Summit, which was amazing. Our CEO, Jonathan, spoke and he killed it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. So right now we're just going to be working here in the studio on Go to Market this week. If anyone is coming through Phoenix this winter, Phoenix, Arizona, let me know. I'll pick you up at the airport. I will sit you in that seat right there. We can have a conversation. Uh, Laura, you need to tell your boss you need to fly to Phoenix. Copenhagen to I Phoenix. I do. I told him that. And he said, yeah, let's figure out. This is on one the of phone. the destinations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need is to this, do that. This is Laura's boss. Hold on. We need to have a conversation. <laughs> Precisely. We have to have a proper setting for a call like this. Fantastic. Nick, it was really, really great meeting you. Everybody, go to market this week. 
remember yeah. that one. Wherever you're getting your podcast. And also we do a lot of great content that focuses mostly on sales, but around go to market on the demo stack LinkedIn page. So definitely follow demo stack on LinkedIn. That's where most of our solid content link uh, lives. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, but I'm not as exciting as a demo stack page. Not even close. Oh, you are. Oh, you are. <laughs> You're just very humble. Thank you so much, everybody. Nick, such a pleasure. See you in Phoenix or in Copenhagen. Come visit. Come visit. <laughs> See ya. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.